Yo, welcome back or welcome to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Foods. This is Dr. J. And I'm Jarrell, your other half. Welcome back to another week, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another week, another episode, as we do every Monday. And as we ask on every episode, please like us, follow us, share us, um, set up your alerts, your notifications, so you know on Monday when it drops, because it drops religiously every Monday, so you can catch the new episodes. And this week, I don't have a roadmap. There's a lot that I want to complain about, so this week... You just might hear me complaining about some things. <laughs> um, but bef- before I get to complaining, let's check in. How you doing this week, my brother? I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. It has been a an exhausting week, but a great week nonetheless. And so today had a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, I- I'm here. I'm here. And it's a new week. The world's still on fire, but thankfully it hasn't caught up to us just quite yet outside of gas prices which I'll complain about today, but yeah. <laughs> How about you, bro? Gas. I mean, for me, I have officially one week left with my girls. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, take in this time. But other than that, this week mm-hmm. been good. I, I've been working out religiously. Um, so for three straight weeks, I've worked out every day throughout the week. So Monday through Friday, I've gotten to work out in every day. So I'm appreciating, you know, getting, getting on that grind again and staying consistent with it. Uh, I just got to keep it going. When I go back to work, I can't let it fall. That's typically what happens. Like I'm gonna go back to work and then I'm gonna start complaining about being tired. So I got to keep it going, but three straight weeks, I'm proud of myself. Oh man. So everything's good. Um, I guess I can start complaining now. We met with our babysitter, <laughs> met with our babysitter last mm. night um, to get, you know, to set up the girls going. This will be Gianna's first time with a babysitter and Carmen's returning. And okay. man, yesterday's price ain't today's price, apparently. <laughs> so it's 50 bucks a day for Carmen, 75 bucks a day for Gianna. Jesus. Yeah. We doing about four days a week. There's about what four or five weeks in a month. So we anywhere between two thousand and twenty five hundred bucks. Jesus. A month. Nice. On daycare. Just to put that in context, my mortgage ain't that much. Does that come with like food, gas, <laughs> uh baby carriage, accessories? They'll they'll feed Carmen, but you know Gianna's still on breast milk. So, oh, that's right. But man, it was a shock to the system. To be perfectly honest, when I did the math, like I got extremely frustrated. I didn't get frustrated with the babysitter. Like I didn't I didn't go at her. Um, I was just voicing my frustrations, which in return seemed like I was frustrated with my wife, but I wasn't. I was just frustrated. Like yo, that's a lot of money. Um, and I don't know how other people do it, just to put it that way. Like, fortunate enough, we have two incomes, um, so instead of wasting money or saving some of that money, we're going towards daycare, but it just got me in this mindset, like, yo, I never paid attention to the arguments of childcare, like, I knew it was expensive, but... Now that I'm faced with this reality, 
mm-hmm. something's got to be done about <laughs> about this system. It's crazy, and it got me thinking about everything else. It got me thinking about gas, how the price of a barrel of gas is the lowest it's been in like a decade, and yet the price at the pump is highest it's been. Highest. So, like, what in the? I I can't even wrap my mind around how much us as American citizens are being taken advantage of by corporations. Like Absolutely. it's, it's sickening. Like that's all inflation is. Inflation is corporations not wanting to pay the extra for their materials. So they pass that on to us so they could continue raking in billions when you can pay the extra 25 cent. Like, why are you putting that on us as the consumer? Right. And like I said, I can't knock the hustle of the babysitter. Like she knows it's supply and demand in this area. It's not a lot of options that we have. And all those options are pricey as well. So she's just, you know, trying to make her living as well. But I just felt like right now and today when I looked up and it was like six something in gas where I live, I'm like, yo, every we're just being taken advantage of at every wow. every turn at every turn. Wow. So on the topic of your babysitter, so I I thank God that I am not a person who has really ever aspired for children. Like I thought it was nice when I was a kid because that's what that's what all kids think, right? Like, oh, kids are just this wonderful thing because when we're kids, we think we're just these wonderful things when we're actually not. Um, But then when as I got older, I'm like, whoa, 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 the dollars don't make sense. Kids actually are expensive. And I always say this all the time. Um, And I say it jokingly, so to our listeners who have suffered from drug abuse, I do not take this lightly. I'm not trying to make a joke out of this in any kind of way. I'm just trying to humanize one of my parents. So I was just like, yo, at this age, my mom had three kids, but she was also a drug addict. I was like, with three kids? I don't know. I might have been one too. But but I was just like, no, 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 no. But uh, I kid, I joke, I digress. But anyway, it is a lot. And and I never noticed how much having a family costs until I actually had my own stuff, right? Like when I used to cry about stuff, like I remember one summer I cried because my mother wouldn't buy me a bike. And it's not because she wouldn't, it's because she couldn't. She didn't have the money for it. She was like, I don't have money to buy you a bike and all this other kind of stuff like that. And I was left to figure out, you know, what was, what was going to be and how I needed to get myself together. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot and children need a lot. And then with regard to gas prices, man, listen, I am in a situation where I'm like, I'm ready for my car to go bye-bye. Like I was so proud when I bought that 757 sitting out front in front of my house. But now I'm like, this thing can fly away because I literally paid the other day, I paid $50 and it only got me to three quarters of a tank. And I was like, this is terrible. This is terrible. So there was, somebody sent me this uh, reel on Instagram, right? And it was a, it's a young mm-hmm. one, a black woman. And she's like using her kids like a uh, hot wheel or whatever, whatever it's called. I can't think of the name of it right now. Power wheel, mm-hmm. right? Losing her little power wheels, Jeep, uh-huh. to get to work. She's like, this is me <laughs> when gas gets a 439, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, y'all live in California. You know what we will do for 439 gas right now? And that's yeah. how crazy it is. And once again, 
the cost of a barrel of gas is the lowest it's been in a decade. Why is it that we are paying so much more right now? It isn't the war. We get less than 1% of our gas from Russia. Mm -hmm. So it's not the war. It's literally corporations and these CFOs and COOs just continuously wanting to line their pockets in their pockets of all their investors, not caring because they got fucking Tesla's probably and right. They're not, they're charging up. They're not using gas. So it's, it's like, it's sickening. Like it really is sickening how they are just taking advantage of like everyday people. Right. And you'll think about kids too. I didn't think about it either. Like I knew kids was expensive. Right. And that's why we, waited as long as we did to have kids we wanted to be in a place financially but i didn't think about it because i just know so many other people with multiple kids who don't make as much money as i do right yeah. like but then i think about all these other things right the the government assistance they're on um and all these other things that kind of help subsidize raising these kids and i'm like i don't qualify for none of that i wish i could right now exactly. like i really yeah. do like, I wish I could qualify for, you know, reduced daycare costs. I don't. And it's not that I'm rich. That's the part that sucks about being, like, middle class. You're too broke to, like, live a comfortable life, right? But you make just too much to get assistance. So, like, you're stuck in the middle and like, this purgatory of where it's just, like, you just got to do whatever you need to do to survive. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's so real. So with regard to gas, though, and how gas is in comparison to everyone else, what one of my friends just said, she just visited Iceland and she said that she paid the equivalent in, in Icelandic dollars. I don't know what their currency is, but in Icelandic dollars, what it equates to is about twenty dollars per liter in gas. So remember, they're on the metric system, so they don't even use gallons. They use liters, which is less than a gallon. And you got to pay $20 for a liter of gas, which ain't jack squat when you think about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, And like you said, corporations are just being greedy. And then those owners of corporations, they're probably not even driving Teslas. They probably have Teslas that are owned by the company, and the company sponsors the gas that goes into that car and the person who drives them around and all this other kind of stuff like that. And it's a company expense. They're probably not doing they they sitting back chilling. And so again, I wonder, you know, what this thing is about. And to be honest, so here's me putting on my tinfoil hat, right? So I believe that America is a grand project, right? It's a grand project in capitalism. So we're living through what the world is testing out as this uh, project in capitalism, right? Like, can these people survive in this super capitalistic system that is super predatory? Can humans survive? Like, I, I feel like I'm an ant on an ant farm. Like, if I put some sunlight in here, will they survive? If I put a little water in here, what'll happen? You know, I think this is like a test center to see what capitalism actually has that can kill us, right? Or, or what kind of effects capitalism has on us in the long term and how that affects us in our everyday lives. And right now, it's crazy that we have these gas prices that are absolutely ridiculous. And I just needed to, to stop. And like you said, again, those 
corporations are being super predatory. They're taking advantage of this war situation, even though they know for sure that it's not about the war. It's not about Russia or Putin or anything like that, because that has nothing to do with it. We've gone, we've seen wars before and gas has not gone up astronomically like this. What's happening is more people coming back outside, <laughs> right? And more people using gas and the, 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 the demand on gas has gone up again. And they're trying to recoup for their losses during the pandemic when everybody was inside. And I don't like it. Just take your L's like everybody else did and roll with it. Yeah. And that and that's so real. Like in every sector you see that. Like they're trying to recoup from two years of people not being out when in all naturality, people were still paying and buying stuff. Like yeah, we were. Like we the economy still was moving along. People were still paying prices for these things. So once again, it's just an opportunity for them to use a tragic some tragic event right to yeah. try to explain away why prices for your cereal has gone up right it's like oh it's because it's a pandemic and everybody's buying cereal no they're not like this is not what it is everybody back outside so now we need to go to gas people been outside yeah. especially if you live in my county who they was like covid who Right, we got time for this. They've been outside. It's been the same amount of people outside for a, at least a year. So there is no real correlation to why the gas prices and why the prices of everyday products are continuing to rise other than people being greedy. Like, you already got billions. Like, I, I don't know how many more billions you need. Once you hit a billion, there's like no more money that you ever need. Ever. Because I don't, and I don't think people truly understand how much a billion really is. There's a really cool YouTube video of a dude with rice, and he compares a million grains of rice to a billion grains of rice. And when you see the difference in a million, in a billion, even a hundred million, in a billion, it will blow your mind. Like yo. You don't need any more money after that. Like you, yeah. yes, like Chris Rock said, a millionaire, you can go broke on a bad weekend in Vegas. Mm-hmm. A billionaire, you're not losing that. Like you're not. Yeah. You're not. So to continuously keep piling on everyday people is like it's mm-hmm. sickening. Like, and politicians aren't any better. They, they're not helping. They're not trying to put no, in no. regulations. Like they, they have the power to regulate these industries. Well, they're getting kickbacks. But they're getting money from the, it. So it, yeah. th- there's no reason to, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they, they have these corporations in their pockets. And while you're on that, so I saw a TikTok one time of a guy who was comparing um, a million $1 bills to a billion one dollar bills stacked on top of each other. So he's he was like, so here's a projection of a million dollar bills stacked on top of each other. And what it was was it um the million dollar bills that were stacked on top of each other like didn't go into it, it was like maybe uh forty thousand feet, something like that in the air, but a billion one dollar bills go out into orbit, like the Earth's <laughs> orbit. That's crazy, right? You got thirty 30, 40,000 feet where planes fly, and then you got 
low Earth orbit as a billion, you're like, whoa, like it can go past the space station. And it's like, wait, what? That's crazy. What do you need this for? It's an insane amount of money. And like, I'm not one of those people who like hate billionaires, right? And I'm not one of those, like, the world doesn't need billionaires. Like, I get it. It's unfair that people can amass that amount of money when we have world hunger, we have homelessness. Like, I understand why people hold those positions because billionaires can solve all of these problems that we have in the world. They can, they can resolve all this, right? But they hoard all this money to themselves. I honestly, I get that. Mm-hmm. It, and they benefit from it. They benefit, and that's what it is. It compounds the issue. Like people wouldn't be mad at billionaires so much if billionaires assisted and helped out others, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of I'm giving this money away as a tax write off. Like truly use your money for good, and then you won't have as many people hating you. But once again, they don't care because they're not seeing the people who hate them. They not like yeah. they're somewhere in the middle of the ocean on this million dollar yacht it's like the jeff bezos yacht right where he had to pay to get a fucking bridge removed like how much money do you have where you like this bridge is in the way of my yacht i'll pay to move the bridge like <laughs> that's ridiculous like what absolutely ridiculous that is an insane amount of money insane amount of money right and it's just once again this is a complaining episode y'all and it started with daycare for me <laughs> because the amount of money that is going to go into just having my daughters be watched while I'm at work is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, that's nuts. It's crazy. Like that's nuts. Now I understand when people say when their kid they they were so happy when their kids actually started school. Cuz it's like a pay raise. Like you don't have to pay this absurd amount of money in daycare costs anymore. So, like, I'm looking at Carmen, like, when you start uh, preschool, pre-K, like, we need to get this going. We need Listen, to pay these half days. Mother, yeah. My mother funneled me in to daycare like it was, uh, well, funneled me out of daycare into regular school like it was nobody's business. She actually skipped me a grade. Just, I think <laughs> it was more so because she didn't want to pay them daycare fees no more. And so I, I skipped uh, kindergarten. So I was a person who everybody was like, oh, yeah, we went to kindergarten. We did this. I never I never went to kindergarten a day in my life. I started in first grade. <laughs> and I was always the youngest person in the class. And everybody's like, why are you the youngest person? I'm like, I think it's because of my birthday. So my birthday is like late in the year. And so it gives you flexibility to start. I, my mother had the flexibility to start me with the next year or the current year. So she chose the current year. And I think she chose the current year because she didn't want to pay them daycare fees no more. And <laughs> makes sense <yeah>. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you yeah. got the option, do it. Uh, makes sense to me. Right. And it's funny because, um, I was reading the book, um, outliers, um, mm-hmm. by Michael, Michael Gladwell. And he has a whole segment on that and it relates to sports. It relates to how parents are trying to have their kids at a certain age so they have more time to play against competition that are the same age but technically younger. So when you think of like, mm-hmm. oh, that 12-year-old is big for their age, it's like, no, that 12-year-old was mm-hmm. just born in January. This 12-year-old yep. was born in December. 
yeah, they both 12, but this 12-year-old is much older in actuality. So parents were doing this so their students have, so their kids have advantages in sports. He was looking at like hockey teams and how all of the pro hockey players are all born in like within one or two months of each other. Like they're all right. born in those months. It's because they get a chance to play against smaller competition longer. They get bigger, they get stronger, and like they they just seem as the best. And it's like, no, you're just you're older even though you're the same age. Like you're not yeah. a big thirteen year old. You just was born in January. Like this is a difference. Right. <laughs> like, so I, I, no lies. So not to take away from my nephew's athletic ability, he's he's truly a gifted athlete, even at the age of eight. Um, I don't take that from him, but he does have his size and the fact that he's born in January to his advantage because he is on a team. I, I don't know. Don't get me lying. I don't know about Pop Warner football and, and the, the divisions that are associated with Pop Warner, but he's in a lower division because he can be, not because he should be, but mm-hmm. he, he qualifies to be there. And he's literally, my nephew is one of the biggest players out there with those little boys. <laughs> and he's crushing them. <laughs> that reminds me of my Pop, my first Pop Warner team. Um, I actually played, I can't think of his first name. Uh, his last name was Booker. He actually ended up playing for like the Philadelphia Eagles for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that was him. Like before every game, he would have to run laps in a in like a sweatsuit to drop mm-hmm. weight because he was the yeah. right age, but he was still much bigger than all of us. And it's like, dog, this is unfair. He was like just bulldozing kids, like bulldozing little kids over. <laughs> so like he looked like this super duper prospect. When he really was just an average running back, he was just bigger than all of us. They're like, if you don't get your big ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's crazy. That is crazy. But, yeah, I mean, that happens, though. That happens. So, Um, But on the topic of having complaints, so I have a complaint. And if you all hear, that's Lil Gigi in the background. Gigi! (laughs) She ain't trying to sleep right now. Uh Uh-huh. So I have a complaint. I have a complaint about Normani. And here's my complaint. So Normani dropped a single this morning. And kudos to her. The single sounds great. However, Normani, if you drop another damn single and no album, (laughs) I'm just going to be over it. I'm going to be over it. And I know that the, the professionals don't have a say in, or the musicians don't really have a say in what their label does and how their label does them. But I'm like, who's on Normani's, Normani's team? Who's advocating for her? Like, drop the damn album. What is going on? She keeps dropping singles, and I'm like, what is this? She's been dropping singles for five years. <laughs> I mean, I think it's when you're in, like, because she's in Fifth Harmony, right? Yes, she was. Yeah. Yes, she was. So, like, it, I think it might be something tied with, like, group obligations or album obligations within the group that might be holding her back. I just, I don't know that for a fact, but I know that's been an issue with like some groups where they have to finish off some obligation to their group before they're able to do anything solo. So they just drop like singles and features um, and, and not able to release anything. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but her her label definitely is, has to be holding her back. Like there There wouldn't be a reason for her not to want to drop something Especially when everything she drops, like people thoroughly rock with it. Love it. Love it. It's fire. 
It's fire all over the place. And I want Normani to win. I do. I want more darker skinned women in the industry to succeed because I don't want them being in that stuck middle place. Kind of like, let's say in the upper echelon of musicians, um, if you think about it, Kelly Rowland, right? Like she's stuck in that hazy place where it's like, she's great, she's good. Everybody knows she can sing. Everybody knows her ability. Everybody knows what she does. But she just can't break out of that upper echelon of musicians, hazy place, to be on a level where she she knows she should be. Then you have this other tier, right, where you have the, maybe this, well, that, that, that may be a lower tier. Um, <laughs> you have another <laughs> tier where it's like, the folks that are popular names and popular brands and stuff like that, like the Sierras and the Keisha Coles and stuff like that, right? Like um, there is dark skinned women in that tier as well. Like um, SZA, prime example. She's in that space. Just can't break out of that hazy space. Then you got that lower tier of uh, musicians, still not the bottom, but still a little bit lower, like the Seven Streeters and stuff like that. Like great musicians, great writers, all that kind of stuff like that. Normani, great musician, great writer, just can't break out of that hazy place to get to that next level of stardom. And it pisses me off at times. I'm like, what is going on? It's it's crazy that we're in 2022, but it's still like the Dream Girls or Supremes effect, right? Where... Yeah. They pick the most pretty, put them out front, even though they might not be the most talented, right? Yeah. Because now Beyonce voice has gotten there, but when they first came out, Kelly was the singer. She was. Like, Kelly she was. was a singer. Yeah, everybody fell in love with Beyonce because of her looks, right? Mm-hmm. But if when you put two and two together, side by side, and had them do a sing, Kelly was blowing all of them out the water. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think she still does. Like Kelly sings her ass off. And like you bring up a great point. There's there's so many great singers like Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like amazing. Why is she like a niche artist that has like this niche fan base when Mm -hmm. she is super duper talented? Right. It's just it's it's the one thing that is always bothering me with female performing performers always Mm -hmm. where. The ones that I tend to gravitate more towards don't mm-hmm. really get that mainstream success. Exactly. And why don't they get that mainstream awesome. success? Like, once again, Jasmine Sullivan, well, she was a big girl. All right. So she didn't get that same success, even though her voice is crazy. Super dope. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, and I fear, like, yeah, Normani might fall into that, to that little purgatory slot where it's like yeah they great they're good um but I, once again labels labels have so much control and power like i was i follow don robinson and i think that's her last name um uh don richard don richard right who's uh she was danny d kane yes danny Kane. like she still is she's dropping music all the time and no one knows unless you're following don like no one knows and she's super talented as well super gifted um but i think she once again she fell into one of those tv shows then you get a your own this contract because of this tv show because i think normani got her blow off x factor so like there's so yes. many different contractor obligations that hold you back that like it's difficult like yeah you want to do these things because it gets your name out there and it gets your notoriety and recognition but then it kind of handcuffs you in one way 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's problematic. And I don't like that at all. And it needs to stop. Now, on the topic of Don Richard, though, I'm not even going to lie, though. I can't say I used to I didn't used to be nasty towards her. So one of my friends who also listens to the podcast, I know you're going to text me and call cuss me out and that's fine. But I used to say to him, who? He was like, I'm going to Don Rashad concert. I'm like, concert? Who? He's like, Don Rashad. I'm like, who that? Don Rashad. I said, oh, where's going to be in the Apple store or something? <laughs> and he'd be like, you know what? I see where you at. Okay, got you. Because one time I went to, with one of my really good friends, I went to King's Dominion and Danity Kane was at King's Dominion, like under one of the rides, like doing a full concert. And I was like, Danity Kane is at King's Dominion doing a concert. That is interesting. And then Don Rashad split from the group the following year and went on her own. And I was like, well, is she still at King's Dominion? Like, what's happening? <laughs> what is she doing with herself? Is she under the KFC now doing concerts? I don't know. Or over near the Popeyes? What's happening? <laughs> so sorry, Don. Sorry, Don. And that's why former making the band artists were like going at Diddy like a week ago. Like so many people really? say like how Diddy like ruined their life. <laughs> Cause really? yeah. Uh, Freddie P from the group, the band, the rap group. Oh. He was like, it's been times he wanted to like contemplate suicide because he feels like Diddy took away his, his gift. Like he, he doesn't have the ability to record perform and make money off of it because of Diddy and the contract that they were roped into of making the band. So like, what? yeah. And like Diddy like robbed a lot of them of their opportunities to go out on their own because they're so tied to whatever this making the band contract they had because they never dropped another album. They never did anything else on there. And he's like, he's holding on to that. Like you're still technically hold, have this obligation to fulfill, but I'm not going to allow you to fulfill it because I disbanded the group. Like, <laughs> oh wow, so, that's terrible. Like Diddy, I mean, there's a ton of allegations, right? Of a, Diddy allegedly robbing his artists of money, allegedly. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> well, Mace Mace came out and said it. Mace was like, you know, this is what I know to be true, and it's not slander. My stuff can my my paperwork, my contracts, everything that I have can back it up that Diddy was a crook towards me. Now. In this ta- post Tasha K world, <laughs> Diddy don't come here saying you about to sue me because I ain't got no money. But that's what May said. Allegedly, that's what is is May's truth. And May said he has the paperwork, he has the contracts, he has all that stuff to prove that he was indeed robbed. Mace dropped a diss track this week, actually talking about Diddy. Um, and when they asked, like, why did he? He was on some interview, some podcast, I think, and they asked, like, why did he feel the need in 2022 to to drop a diss towards Diddy? And he was speaking on exactly what we're talking about here. It's how he he knows how Diddy has treated artists, having paid them, having really given them their their just due or, you know, their royalties and all these other things, how Diddy's held on to that, and he's been kind of crooked. And Mace feels like because he has made money, and he's he's in a good space, not necessarily like you know the 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 choppers of the world, uh, Babs. <laughs> what was the other one? Elliot Ness. Um, he's able to speak out, and they're not. So he tries to be that voice for them. So 
I'm going to say this is what Mace is saying. I'm reporting what Mace is saying because, yeah, I ain't got it either. I've been telling y'all already on this show, I got to spend $2,500 a month. So Diddy don't come at me because I got to pay childcare, so I don't got the money either. But that's what Mace said all this week on that diss track. So it is what it is. (laughs) To continue this complaining rant, I got a gamer's rant. Um, so tell him, Gigi, tell him what's she telling us. Gigi said, yeah, daddy. (laughs) So I've been having this complaint for a while, but it's never really affected me until, and it still didn't affect me. Like that's, I think that's a strong word. Like I'm not as mad as others were, but so Gran Turismo seven came out for, for PlayStation. Um, and you know, I bought it. I got the commemorative disc version. So like 80 bucks for this game. Right, mm-hmm. been playing it religiously every morning before my my girls wake up and my wife go to work. That's my me time. So like five thirty okay. to about seven, I'm playing video games. Gotcha. Well, yesterday they released a patch because every game you buy now essentially is like a beta. Like you're, they're just testing it out on the market. Like they don't make sure the games are fully complete anymore. They give you like a half-assed game and they're like, we'll fix it through like these updates that we can push through online, all right? So that's what Gran Turismo did. They they had all these bugs. They pushed this update and the update broke something, like it broke. So they had to take the game offline for a full like 30 hours. So this game was unplayable for 30 hours. And the only reason why it was unplayable is because they force you to be online to play the game. Now, I'm not a big online gamer, so I don't race other people. I don't do all these other things. I play by myself, like single-player modes. So the fact that I couldn't play a game, a single-player mode, because it needed to be online, even though I'm not doing anything online, super-duper frustrating. And it's been frustrating for a while where all these games are forcing you to be connected to their network or their server just to play their game, even if you're not doing anything online. Like, I am frustrated with that. Second thing, microtransactions. Microtransactions, for those who don't know, I know GG, I don't like them either. Microtransactions is, so I bought Grand Turismo for 80 bucks. And the point of this game is a racing game, and you try to you try to get all the cars in this game. They got like Lamborghinis and all these other but to get those, you have to play the game to get credits. But they don't give you enough credits to purchase a $3 million car. So essentially, you actually have to end up spending real money again to get this $3 million car. Why do I have to pay a game that I've already paid for to get product? Microtransactions. Paying even after you done bought the game. That's crazy. And yeah, I don't like that at all. And for those people who have kids who play Roblox on their phone and all this other kind of stuff like that, like, oh, I need, or or Fortnite, I need skins, I need this, I need that, I need a car. Stop doing that. Stop letting them kids do that to y'all. And stop giving these corporations what they want, which is making money outside of the fact that they are selling that stuff to you and making money internally inside of it as well. They've built a predatory system here and that's messed up. So whenever I see a game that has something that you can purchase inside the game with real money. I'm like, no, not doing it. No, no, thank you. I'm good with just the regular, whatever have you. Now, what I will say is I am 
in a space where I am going to pay for the deluxe package or the extended package for Mario Kart 8 because I've been waiting for a minute to have this. But I was like, why don't y'all just make Mario Kart 9, right? And then even in the extended package of Mario Kart 8, they have additional race courses, but some of them race courses are the same race courses from like one through seven. So you're like, what? What? What is this? Like a remastered version of the old race car? I didn't ask for this. I don't want that. I want new race courses. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like I, I don't know who don't love Mario Kart. I love Mario Kart. Hell, Carmen loves Mario Kart because I can just let the auto take over and she thinks she's doing something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, what, 25, 30 bucks on top of the 50 that we originally paid, right, for this game to get access to some new tracks. It's just like, I've already paid. Now, I'm not buying a new game. I'm literally buying just downloadable content. Right. Like, it's crazy. Like, the transactions within games, they they withhold things that they know they want to do. And they know as consumers, we are put into a position, into a place to where we have to buy it. Because if you don't buy this download, like these new tracks, you can't play with other people who have those tracks. <laughs> so like you need to buy it if you're racing online or something like that, like you need to buy it. And also, if you've been playing Mario Kart 8, you've been playing that game for what? Five, six years well, now? Yeah. <laughs> it's been like five, six years. So like, yeah, now I want something new. So that one, I can justify paying a little bit more because essentially I haven't had to spend money on it in like five, six years. Right. On the Switch, right? I haven't had to spend money on it, but it's the stuff inside. Like now spend $2 for this extra, for this new cart. Like I don't, just give me the cart. I don't want to spend another $2 just to get access to this cart or at least make it, or at least make it a challenge to where I can unlock it for free. Like, that's the part, like, you got to give us more options, right? That's the thing, I, that's the issue I have with, like, NBA 2K. People ask, like, my boys ask me why I don't play NBA 2K no more. It's because you got to spend way too much money to actually be good, to get your player good enough to challenge all those other people who are either, A, they're playing 24 hours a day, or they're spending money on it. Like, I'm not about to spend another $20 for some VC so I can make my player better. I've already spent 70 on this game. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know exactly what people are thinking about. But Well, I know what they're thinking about. Those developers are thinking about how to... Well, not the developers, because they probably don't even get the money. It's the corporation that actually controls or owns the product, right? The licensing and the product. They get more money. That's, only, that's just a predatory way of getting more money that's their stuff, so of course they can get money, and they know people are going to pay for it because they know people want to have it because we ha have been asking for it for so long. Like with Mario Kart 8, I've had that game since I had a Switch, and I just bought a Switch maybe in 2017, and I'm like, well, where, where is the, 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 the things? Um, and I'm not a gamer by any means. This Switch is actually my first game ever, like, I've never had a Nintendo. I've never had a Sega or any of that stuff. I didn't want that. I wanted bikes because I wanted to get the hell out the house because I ain't like to be there. <laughs> like, I would take my bike and roll. Like, I'd be on, I, like, I lived in West Baltimore near the harbor. 
And so South Baltimore is right next to that part of West Baltimore that I grew up in. I was all down South Baltimore on the other side of the train tracks and down in Pigtown and over on Westport on my bike. I didn't want to be in there. I didn't want to be on my neighborhood. I was over in Cherry Hill somewhere by the time people knew what I was. And if you're not familiar with Baltimore, Cherry Hill is um, not a desirable place to be. Um, <laughs> but it's very, very far from my house. And if my mother ever listened to this, she probably would slap me right now if she knew that I was even that far. But literally, I digress and come back to the point. And the point was, I never had a, a game because I always wanted to be out the house. And this is my first game. And those games that have expansion packs and all that kind of stuff like that, I must say, I am not having fun with this. I am not having fun with it. I don't like it. <laughs> they get you because of the, the FOMO factor, right? The fear of missing out. Yeah. Right? They get you. Like, yo, I got to get this new pack. Like, everybody else is going to have it. I haven't seen it, right? So they get you by that. And it's, once again, it's a brilliant marketing scheme to make money, but it's predatory. Now, expansion packs isn't as predatory as microtransactions. Like, mm-hmm. microtransactions is absolutely ridiculous. Because, yeah. once again, you literally have to buy something within this game to to get the fullness of the game, right? And it's blown up even more when they release, like, free games. So if you think of, like, Fortnite. Fortnite technically is a free game. Anybody can right. download Fortnite and play Fortnite. But if you want a certain weapon, a certain character you have mm-hmm. to spend money to do those things right you have to spend money to get access and that's how they get these kids and these parents spending all this extra money so they can have the character that they want they spend another five dollars on it so these parents are going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on fortnite that's how fortnite makes all his money off of microtransactions i'm gonna give you this game free right it's like <laughs> It's like, you know, when drug dealers give you your first taste. Like, I'm going to give you this first taste. I'm going to give you this first taste for free. Right. So I'm going to hit you on the comeback, though. Like, I'm going to hit you over the head on the comeback. And that's that's literally what these games are doing. Like, we'll give you a little bit, let you taste it, and let you know it can be a better experience if you spend another $5 here. And then we're going to do it that's again in a, in a week or two with a new experience for another $5. So when you look at your bill at the end of the year, you're like, yo, I done spent all this money on this one game. Absolutely insane. Versus back in the day, you go get your, get your game. You That was your game. You It had to be working. It had to be great. If it was a glitch, it was a glitch. It couldn't be fixed. Here now, once again, you buy a game and literally – the first time you download that game, it already has a new update because it has to fix something. Like, yo, y'all not testing these anymore? Why are y'all testing it on us in the open market? Like, that's my biggest frustration. Mm-hmm. They are testing games on the open market. You're spending 60 to 80 bucks on a game. And for the first month of that game, you're just a tester for them to fix bugs, which they should have done before they released it to the public. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely predatory. And remember... Go back to the conversation that we previously had, right? Like, America is just a test bubble for all the fucktastic fuckery. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to let you all know that now, right? Like, we are just guinea pigs in the system, and we're testing all this stuff, including these beta products that where, like like Jeff said, they can fix the bugs, 
and use us as test test dummies so they don't have to spend money on testing the product when they can just launch it and see our complaints for free, right? So again, a predatory system. That's wild. That's wild. What else you got, bro? This is my last complaint, and we can end it here on these complaints. Okay. My complaint is with a couple different people, I guess, or situations, but it's all boiled into one. And it's with this whole Deshaun Watson scenario that is playing (laughs) itself out here. So just early this week, it was announced that there are going to be no criminal charges uh, filed against um, Deshaun Watson. They weren't going to pursue the case. If you don't know, Deshaun Watson is now a Cleveland Browns quarterback. He used to play for the Houston Texans. He had 22 sexual allegations. 22 sexual assault allegations by masseuse, female masseuse throughout yep. the states um, where he would, wherever he be, he'll DM a masseuse and allegedly would do something inappropriate. Um, ranging from removing his towel to asking them to massage certain areas, right? All this is allegedly. Um, so 22 women, you know, filed these allegations and once again, if y'all don't know Sexual assault is one of the hardest things to truly prove. If there is no, because I think y'all watch too many movies. Y'all think sexual assault is this dude in the alley. He grabs her, rips her clothes off, violently rapes her, leaves her there. So now there's all this evidence left so they can find this serial rapist. That's that's not how 90% of sexual assaults occur, right? It's not. Um, so proving a sexual assault is really hard. So because they felt like we can't prove this in a court of law, that's why they decided not to file any charges against him. This doesn't mean that these women were lying, right? 22 is a big number. Now you can say you can have your doubts that all 22 are telling the truth. I won't argue that. I won't argue that with you. Right. But you can't tell me all 22 are lying. There's no way, no way in hell you can get you can convince me that out of 22 women, all 22 didn't have some inappropriate experience with this man. Yeah. So. As soon as they said they weren't filing charges. NFL teams gave it up like they was just like here. Let me bring you in and let me show you how great it can be here and how much money I can throw at you just because you are a super talented NFL quarterback, right? And it'll help us make more money. And not really win. It's help us make more money. For majority of professional teams, they're not in it to win. They're in it to make money, right? They're, they are. They're in it to make money. Whether you win or lose. Yeah, they're in it to make money. And Deshaun Watson brings money. So my frustration is with one all the black men on Twitter who are cheering and harrying the system, y'all only have faith in the system when it's a black man getting off for sexually assaulting women. That's the only time y'all feel like the system works. It's a black man didn't get, didn't go to jail or didn't have charges filed against them because he assaulted a woman or did something violent to a woman. That's the only time y'all believe the system works. 
Y'all are the same ones who think Jesse is being railroaded because the system doesn't work. But the system worked this time. It didn't work for Juicy. Like, that's the frustration that I have as it relates to this situation. Like, NFL teams, y'all need to get y'all money. Go ahead. Be slimy. Y'all are. The NFL is slimy. Y'all don't care about women. We know this already. But the fact that so many men are out here willing to cape and ride for Deshaun Watson is nasty. Like, just y'all haven't even y'all haven't even let the whole process play out because he's still going to, like there's still civil suits like there's going to be information there's going to be more things released and y'all not even waiting on that y'all just automatically assume these women were lying because he didn't get criminally charged and it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting, and that br- that brings me to another point, especially with regard to Chris Brown just recently getting off after his lawyer or, or after he showed proof that the young lady was not telling the truth, right? Now, this is a small minority, and it was true. Like, the woman was not telling... She she claimed that Chris Brown sexually assaulted her. It came out in the wash that he didn't through the text messages that he saved. And while it was not true that she did not get sexually assaulted, she, she was consenting in those sexual encounters... What bothers me is the fact that y'all keep going out here, sticking yourself into whoever, right? And putting yourself in a situation where that's even a situation, especially knowing who you are. And so Deshaun Watson, that's his name, right? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Uh, I know the story. Yes. So Deshaun Watson, with that particular situation, while I don't think they're not telling the truth, what I question with Deshaun Watson is, well, one, why would you sexually assault anyone? And then two, why would you do it as Deshaun Watson? You are a highly visible person. If sexual assault is something that you are into, it's a kink fetish for you or something like that, first, that's just weird. And two, I'm going to just save my other thoughts. But what I will say is don't do that. Don't do that. One, don't do that because it's not right. And then two, because of who you are. You have to know who you are. Just like with me, I'm not on no Deshaun Watson level. A lot of people don't know me. I don't make millions and all other kind of stuff like that. But I still have an obligation to my reputation that there are certain things I can't say and certain things that I cannot do in public. And those illegal things that I don't do, okay, but the legal <laughs> things that I used to do, <laughs> can't do those no more. And if I did, I couldn't talk about them, right? And so, again, as a professional athlete, if your case is they're lying on you or whatever have you, why would you even put yourself in the predicament where that could be a situation? And like you said, Jeff, with 22 women coming forward who have had weird, awkward, sexually assaulting experiences with Deshaun Watson, there has to be a few who are out of that 22, if not all 22, who are telling the truth. And even one is enough. Let's be very clear. With sexual assault, regardless of the allegations, even one person accusing you of sexual assault is a sexual assault is enough because sexual assault is not right. Sexual assault is illegal. Sexual assault is hopefully you want to help for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> this I can't. Is, yeah, I can't. This is the one thing I never could wrap my mind around when it comes to violence against women. And the lack of support that they get from men. Yo, we all Mm -hmm. come from women. 
whether we had a great relationship with our parent, with our mother or not, right? Like, we all came from women. Sure did. We all have women in our circle. There's not one person in this world who's like, yo, I don't know. I haven't talked to any women. I don't know any women. Like, there's not one person that can do that, I believe. So for just imagine that that one woman, if it's only one woman in your life that you care about, went to go about doing her job and the man she did this job for made her feel uncomfortable by request, by sexual request, made her feel uncomfortable. How would that make you feel? Like how, like I know some dudes in my circle who would kill, literally would kill for crossing the line with any female that is in their circle. So for y'all to turn around and just because you don't know this, know these women or know one of them and just to disregard them, just so you can say a black man got off. Yo, the system, yes, the system fucks us over every day, right? Yeah, like, does. the system is not built for us. Yes, we know this. But every black man ain't fucking Nelson Mandela, dog. Nope, nope. And, and, and Jeff, that brings me to another point where I said a few podcasts back, like, heterosexual men or those men who understand themselves to be heterosexual, we... Well, not we, because I'm not one of them. But <laughs> y'all have to hold each other accountable, right? Like, there has to be some accountability factor there that says, bruh, that's wrong, right? Just like with my friends, when they go off or, you know, like, we have we have a friend who, you know, did something that was not right, and we held them accountable to it. Like, no, bruh, that's not right. You know, I've had friends in the past who have cheated on their partners and stuff like that, and I've called them out on it. And, and then not only did I call them out, I called them in. I'm like, bruh, come on, let's have a chat. Let's talk because you need to be held accountable. If you are out here running around on your spouse or run, cheating on your spouse or whatever have you, what is the point of you being in this relationship? You know, if all you're going to do is run out on the person that you claim you love. You know what I'm saying? That's that accountability factor. And a lot of... I'm going to just say black men, whether you gay, straight, whatever, we we need to do more of holding each other accountable to begin with. That's it. You know what, man? I'm leaving it there. I, I'm not I'm not even going to talk anymore. That was a perfect way to end it. And that is a question that we're going to throw on our Instagram, actually. To yeah. get so we can we can have we can go deeper in this discussion of like what what obligations do we have in holding each other accountable? Right. Because I know there's a lot of people like, yo, I know my homie cheating. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm not even going to tell him about it. And I'm like, ah, that's foul. That is foul. Right. Because if your girl cheating on you and you don't find out and someone knew, you will lose it because we're not built the same. Like, dudes cannot handle infidelity well. <laughs> oh, no. Our ego would tear us apart on that one. Rip us apart. Um, so I'm done complaining for the week. We, I didn't complain for about 50 minutes, so I am done. <laughs> right. We just sat here and complained about everything. <laughs> I'm all out of complaints. Oh, uh, but uh, you got anything else you want to discuss this week? Well, bro, I do have an educated or foolish for you. Perfect. Let's get it. Okay. So on Facebook, I read this long rant from this guy who's talking about the the new Bel Air series, right? Which is the remake of The Fresh Prince. It's the dramatic interpretation of The Fresh Prince Bel Air. I started watching it 
I absolutely love the show. I do. This is my feelings. But this man does not. He said that this new Bel Air show is unrealistic. It's not what he holds to be true of his in his mind of the original. He said, um, you know, for one, Will was never that cocky, and y'all got Carlton in here doing drugs, and Ashley is gay, and Hillary is a social media maven or whatever have you. When Hillary was supposed to be a dumb blonde, she had, she shouldn't even know how to do social media. Blah 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 blah. And I was just like, huh, okay. So do you think it's educated or foolish to for him to feel the way that he does about this dramatic interpretation of The Fresh Prince, uh, which is the new Bel Air show, or should he have a right to his feelings? I think I saw the same because I think somebody like reposted it um, because they felt the same way that this mm-hmm. this man felt right about the the different ways in which they reimagined these characters. Right. Go ahead, Gigi. I, we hear you, baby. Everyone's entitled to like their feelings and their opinion, right? Everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'll say yes, he's entitled to it. I think it's a foolish opinion, though. <laughs> And here's yeah. why, right? It's so Carlton, like I that's the biggest I haven't I haven't been able to watch it yet. We own some other shows okay. we're trying to finish up, but we will start it. But okay. big, one of the things people talk about all the time is like Mark Carlton uses drugs, right? But from my understanding, the drugs are like Adderall or something like that. Which if you are around any teenager these days, it's the most commonly used quote unquote drug. Especially for those who are high achieving, as Carlton is, it allows them to do a multitude of things because our younger kids nowadays are overbooked with a million different things. So, like Adderall is out here in these streets and it's commonly used. So, I think it would be disingenuous to have a high achieving kid at a prep school who's supposed to be like a star athlete or something as well, like. Not using Adderall, that's unrealistic. Honestly, it's more unrealistic that he's not doing it. So, yeah, absolutely, that's one. Two, the point about Ashley Banks being gay and why they have to make her gay because the original wasn't gay. That's why you do remakes. You rewrite a script, you rewrite characters, and is rewrite. And for those who are mad, like, she's a 12-year-old. How does she know she's gay? Y'all are the same ones who act six and seven-year-olds so they have boyfriends or girlfriends. Right. Cause let the record <laughs> let let the record show that now there was a time where I thought I was bisexual. Okay, some people go through their moments. I I've known this since I was ten, so I I've I've understood parts of my sexuality and that my sexuality was more fluid than not since I was ten. And then I think the other argument was. Uh, Uncle Phil is a corrupt politician, apparently, that they're accusing him to be. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that other way but that post. But once again, I ain't watched it, so we'll see. He might be shady. Um, or he just might be a politician in 2022. So I, I, don't, I don't take what Uncle Phil does as being shady. I do think, however, there's more underneath the surface that's going on. And Jeffrey plays a part in that as well. Because Jeffrey's not just the old Jeffrey who was the 
man of the house. What 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 was he called? He was called the the uh, he, the butler. There we go. I couldn't even think about it. The butler. He's not just the butler in this show. He's like the the fixer in this show. He's the house manager, but he's also like a fixer for Phil. And I don't know what he's doing to fix situations. I do know one situation he fixed, and it was very blatantly clear what he did. And everyone saw that the situation with th- that regarded Will. But yeah, since you haven't heard it, since you haven't seen it, then you'll 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 know what I'm talking about when you actually watch it. But we need to make that an episode because Bel Air is good, and it has so many feel good moments. Like it has so many feel good moments, just like the original Fresh Prince, and it will put you in your feelings. It will. And this is what people fail to realize, or fail to acknowledge about the original, all those things are in the original. There's an episode of Carlton using drugs, right? Like Will was using it, then Carlton got it, and then Carlton ended up having to go to the hospital over drugs. There was drugs in the original. Hello. Uncle Phil was asked to, his integrity was challenged multiple times in multiple episodes. Now, did he... Did he do the right thing more times than not? Yes, because it was a feel-good show. Like, it was a comedy. It was a feel-good show to teach you lessons. So, like, all of these things, and all and the social media of Hillary, she was a newscaster. Right. Spin news. Like, it's the same fucking show. It's just <laughs> 2022 spin. Yes. It, it literally is. And <laughs> all the episodes that I've watched so far have elements of the original Fresh Prince in it, just a, a dramatic interpretation of what that looks like. It's not a comedy. It is a drama. And so they dramatize old episodes of the Fresh Prince and put new and put some shows together, like mesh some elements of different shows together, and it works. And it's so great. I, lo- I, I love it. I do. Yeah. And then on my last point... Jamari Banks is amazing. Yeah. And on my last point is to leave it here. His whole point of that post was we they don't want to show black families like just being good and doing good. Like, like there isn't issues in black families. But, dog, the show is written and produced. The writer's room are black people. It's black people telling black stories. Yeah. I'm, I'm so tired of all these fucking think pieces. Y'all think y'all smart. Y'all really not. Y'all dumb as a box of rocks. I've been watching Turning Red, which is a Disney movie. All these parents of sex, they think it talks about periods. They don't even say the word period in the movie. They show a ten, they show like a pad one time. It's an hour and a half movie. It's about a 13-year-old go, girl who's just coming of age and finding out who she is. That's all it's about. I'm tired of y'all. Stop. Just because you can buy a WordPress blog for $13 don't mean you should. Hello. And on that, we're going to end it here. We at our time. This is Dr. J. And this is Jarrell, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>